ready? Welcome back to Here on the Hill, a podcast from Montgomery Bell Academy in Nashville, Tennessee. Because the Tokyo Olympics have made us hungry for even more aquatic sports content, there's no one better to talk to than Pat Killian. Mr. Killian graduated from MBA in 2010 and is now the head coach of the Swim and Dive program. School librarian Jane McMahon recently spoke with him about his experiences as an MBA student, athlete, teacher, and coach. So you work with students in the Latin classroom, in college counseling, and you work with a lot of students as head coach of MBA's Swim and Dive program. And I'm curious, of all the athletic options, what do you think is special about swimming, or do you think that swimming attracts a certain type of person? What is special about swimming is definitely that every swimmer competes, every swimmer and diver competes in our meets, right? And so we don't have a bench in in essence, you don't ride the bench throughout the swim season. Like everyone swims their races, you know, uh, we have room for everybody. And so over the course of a season, then we have a really concrete record of how each athlete has performed and how they've progressed. You know, I, everybody gets a new time at every meet we swim at. And so at the end of four years, you know, if you're, if you're a four-year letterman with the team at the end of that high school career, you really have this long kind of detailed personal narrative of your time with the sport. We just have a lot of data points about you, a lot of different ways to check in with different milestones that you met throughout your career. And I think that can be really satisfying uh, for our swimmers, for our students um, who go through the program and get to look back at that. And so if swimming attracts a certain type of person, and I don't know that it necessarily does, we have a lot of different personalities on the team But I think that those who thrive in the sport, who really benefit from being part of it, you know, are the people who are interested in self-improvement in that way, who are interested in, you know, through their performance of of writing this story about how they grew in the sport and keeping track of it as they go along. And when they're at practice, they're really coming with that self-improvement mindset that they're working on themselves, that they believe that they can be better, uh, that they feed off of that energy from each other. Uh, and that they're really willing to work on their weaknesses. And so I think that self-improvement is part of what's special about the sport um, and I think part of what attracts people to it and gives people enthusiasm and energy for it. Well, uh, I believe you yourself got involved with swimming at quite a young age. About how old were you? I was six. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I don't know whether it was in your elementary school years or anything like that, but since we've got the Olympics coming up later this summer, I'm just wondering if either on a local or national or international level, did you ever have a specific swimming role model? Yeah, I would say I had a few role models. Now, I mean, obviously I had my two older sisters, Um, all four of us, all four Killian siblings swam, you know, from age group through the end of college. Uh, And so my oldest sister and then my, my second sister, Mary, definitely led us all into the sport when they got involved first. And so anything that I went through swimming, they went through first. And I know that I've benefited through it at every level of, of the sport that I've been involved with. So I give a lot of credit to them. Um, but the first Olympian that I, that I idolized was a guy named Lenny Kraselberg, a backstroker, a two-time gold medalist for the United States. Um, and I don't know what it was about him. I just thought he was very cool. Uh, he was, you know, he was a very tall guy. I really liked that he wore 
Uh, he would wear briefs in his races, and so he seemed very laid back. He wouldn't wear a cap. He just had his hair out. And so I always thought that Lenny was very cool. And then, I mean, as I got closer to, you know, coming to NBA, the people who became really important to me were older swimmers within the Nashville Aquatic Club, especially those who went to NBA. And so, you know, for my fellow alumni, you know, I, I really idolized guys like Chris Kellum and Cooper Moore and James Williams, who were all, you know, uh, five, six years older than me, uh, but did, you know, exactly what I wanted to do of swimming at NAC, swimming really well, swimming at NBA. And so they became important role models as well. You know, you've mentioned that swimming can be um, a site of self-improvement. It can also be for competition at a variety of levels. But how, in your experience, either at MBA or elsewhere, has swimming also provided a connection to community service? Mm-hmm. In college, we did, uh, every spring after the season, we would host free swim lessons for the community. And so swimming always has that aspect where it's really intimidating and Uh, to learn how to swim, Uh, but it's both a matter of safety and a matter of confidence to teach someone else how to swim. Swimming is also much more common in certain demographic communities than others, and so being able to reach out to families and communities where swimming is not something you grow up with, uh, you don't have access to pools, whatever it may be, and being able to teach them about the sport and help them learn to be safe and confident in the water is always really satisfying. You know, here at NBA, our swimmers do an incredible job volunteering with the Nashville Dolphins. The Nashville Dolphins is a super hardworking organization that supports the special needs community of Nashville. And so they give lessons throughout the week at all these different sites, at all these different hours. They have athletes, you know, special needs athletes of a range of different ages that have been with the program for a number of years. And I give the Nashville Dolphins a lot of credit um, for the hard work that they've done uh, and for the for the creative ways that they've grown the program and look to engage uh, engage the special needs community, special needs families here in town. And so our boys, last year's captains, uh, John Moore and George Mabry, volunteers of the year uh, for Nashville Dolphins, did a great job both raising money for them and giving, giving up their time to be coaches with the Dolphins themselves. And uh, guys have now grown into that role this year, you know, a new, a new group of volunteers from our team and so I've loved to see the boys find ways to engage guys like Harrison Mabry, Ian Dorelli, Jace Breeden. Uh, y'all are doing a great job uh, volunteering for the National Dolphins, and I'm glad that's become part of our team culture. Well, looking at another aspect of the team or maybe considering team culture. So when you were a student at NBA, I know that NBA brought home a state championship when you were a senior. And this year, even in this very unusual COVID season of swimming, we had a state title from Jack Flanagan, one of our senior swimmers. But really beyond records and titles and all of that, as a head coach, how do you define success for the swim program? This is this question is really important to me. It's something I come back to every new season as a coach of, of how we're defining success, um, how are we communicating that to the team, and how are we you know, weaving that idea of success into the way that we train, how we talk to each other, what we do on a daily basis. So, I mean, I guess this is still sort of in the realm of kind of records and quantifiable things, but the one aspect that we look at every year to gauge how the season is going is our number of qualifiers, qualifiers for the region championship, qualifiers for the state championship. Because as I 
you know, as I said about um, swimming earlier that, you know, everybody competes, like all 43 members of the roster are going to be in the water or on the diving boards competing throughout the season. And there's no limit on the number of people who are allowed to go to regions, who are allowed to go to state. It's simply if you achieve the qualifying standard, you compete in that championship meet. And so that gives different benchmarks so that there are meaningful things to achieve no matter your your experience or background or talent in the sport. So we have swimmers, of course, who've been in club programs since they were six years old and who are well beyond state qualifying standards, right? That those just aren't meaningful uh, markers of progress for them, that they already have their state cuts. And so now we're talking about scoring at the region championship meet, about scoring at the state championship meet, about that level of success or beyond, you know, but um, having those qualifying standards really gives everybody on the team, even our beginners, uh, really concrete goals to strive for. And one thing that I think NBA swimming does super well, especially in the context of, I mean, Middle Tennessee and Tennessee swimming compared to, you know, the, uh, our rival programs or, you know, our peer programs across the state, is that we do a really good job of supporting athletes at every level of the sport with every level of background in the sport. I think we, at this point, have a really good track record of seeing people improve year to year and of seeing them grow within the sport. And so not only getting faster and stronger, but developing new events, gaining confidence, sort of with, with events they never thought they'd be able to compete in earlier. And I think that that shows that coaching, we are teaching people real skills that we're thinking, uh, you know, broadly about what they can be and that we're being, uh, you know, ambitious in the way that we are challenging ourselves uh, within the team to grow as athletes. So, you know, we had 40 out of 43 members of the team qualified for regions this year, 27 members of the team qualified for state. Uh, We were by far the largest team, you know, uh, I think Baylor and Macaulay brought about 18 and 19 swimmers each to the state championship for us to be at 27 members. Um, you know, we're just, we are a little bit different than every other high school program in the state. We're doing things, able to do things thanks to the support of the school, support of the administration, thanks to club swimming in Nashville, and thanks to our own facilities over at the Boost Fit Club uh, that are hard for other high school programs to do. Now that aside, so other than those numbers, you know, that we keep track of, What I look for on a daily basis in terms of defining success for the team is that I look for engagement. I look for uh, how well our swimmers are competing in practice each day. Are they willing to work on their weaknesses or are there things that they are avoiding? You know, when people are bought in, they're working on every aspect of themselves as athletes, that they're not picking and choosing where they work hard, but they're buying into what we ask them to do as coaches and they're giving the effort uh, you know, that that we're looking for in the practice and not sort of the effort that they're only comfortable with ahead of time. So when our athletes are willing to be uncomfortable, when they embrace that discomfort as part of training and as part of success, that's where I see that engagement. Also, we, of course, require attendance, but I know that people are still kind of resistant to to the program and to what they could be in the sport when we let, you know, discomfort you know, when we stop in practice, when we, you know, when we say we're too sick to practice when we, when we really could, right? And there are always like, there are, there are times when we do need a break, when we are sick, when we are injured, when we need to take a break. But there are little things, right, where you are definitely 
able to overcome when you are committed to being there. And so when I see swimmers no longer voice excuses, right? No longer voice complaints when they simply show up and say, you know, the hard work is why I'm here and not what I hate about being here. You know, when we cross that bridge, that is a major sign of success for us. And I know this has been a long answer already, but the last thing I would say is because we train in a number of different locations, right? Our club swimmers train with clubs, right? Those who are members of USA Swimming train with the Nashville Aquatic Club throughout the season. They train with Endsworth Aquatics. They train with Excel Aquatics. In addition to the group we have at Boost, because we have those different training sites, we don't always have a ton of face time with the whole roster together until we get to meets. And so part of what we work on every year is thinking of ourselves as a unified team and of of getting every member of the roster to the point that they feel responsible for the team's success. And so that's both in, you know, how well do we know each other? How well do we recognize and understand what every member of the team is trying to achieve so that we can celebrate their success and push them toward that success, you know, wherever they are in the sport. And then at regions, at state, does everyone know that they brought us to that point? Does everyone see the way in which they are contributors? That's something we work on every season uh, with our roster. Now, our last question, and this can relate to swimming or any other aspect of the Montgomery Bell experience, either as a teacher, coach, college counselor, and any of those roles, is there something about Montgomery Bell that you wish more people knew? So on this question, I would say uh, I I have a ton of, of faith in and respect for Greg Farrell and our admissions office. I mean, I think Greg Farrell is just an ideal ambassador uh, for our school. And I know how hard he works to reach out, not only to sort of our immediate community and those already familiar with MBA, but those who've never considered coming to MBA before. And every year as I see, uh, you know, Ms. Lechleiter and uh, Mr. Farrell working, you know, through the admissions process, I find something new to be impressed with that I think they really, uh, are such hardworking people and such incredibly empathetic and kind people that, you know, I trust them with every message that that we're trying to communicate about what we do here at MBA and what's important to us. You know, it, in terms of like my own small, narrow world of swimming, I would want everyone to understand, you know, how hard we as coaches work to support the athletes on the team and what a good job our athletes do of supporting each other. We, our peer institutions, you know, have have pools on campus and they have these facilities and it's a lot easier to understand what it would be like to be a swimmer there because you can see where you would be every day. But the community we have here and the love the boys have for each other, the support they give to each other, the support our parents give to the program, I think makes it a really special place to be involved in the sport. And I know that that's, again, you know, a very narrow, small thing that I care about as the, as the coach of the program. But for those young swimmers in Nashville that don't know where they're going to go to high school, I would love for them to know what a great place this is to be involved in the sport and what an amazing community we have here. Well, those are very kind words, especially about our admissions department, and I'm going to make sure they hear them. So, Mr. Killian, thanks for sharing your time and your thoughts today, and thank you for everything you do for MBA. Oh, thank you, Ms. McMahon. This has been fun. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Here on the Hill. For more information about our school, 
including upcoming admissions and alumni events, please visit montgomerybell.edu. To contact our podcast team, please email here on the hill podcast at montgomerybell.edu. That's here with an E-A-R. Thanks for listening. Go Big Red.